Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast, and I'm just checking in on you, just checking in on you, seeing how you're doing. Oh, Billy Freckles, wrapped on the movie. I am done. Well, I got to edit the thing now, but I, the principal shooting, everybody is wrapped. It's done. It's in the can. As they say in the industry, very excited, incredible experience. But, um, you know, I'm out on the road right now. I'm in Birmingham, Alabama. Home of the University of Alabama, Birmingham. We're not in Tuscaloosa. Down here in Birmingham, went on a nice little fucking hike with, uh, not a hike, sort of a city walk with Joe Bartnick. Went up to the, uh, what do they got there? They got this giant Viking at the top of this hill. Beautiful. Beautiful view and all of that when we were up there. Bartnick was like, this looks like the place where they like do the still shot when they talk about the weather. You know, 75 degree high, uh, low of 59. So uh, bring that windbreaker. Um, so anyways, I'm out here. I'm doing my first headlining gig since I can't remember when. End of January, beginning of February. And I was on the the plane, man, the plane. When I was on the way out here, um, and I just looked at this set list that I have. I have 17 new bits that either I didn't do on my special that should be coming out in a couple of months and that I've written since, you know, I did, um, I taped my special. So, (coughs) fuck's my water. I have... um, they're about three minutes each, I would say, on average. So that's 51 minutes. So the ways I see it is I have another 19 minutes that I need to write. And when my special comes out, you will come and see me and I will have totally different material. Um, and that's it. But until then, to fill in that extra 19 minutes, it'll be 19 minutes of shit that's going to be on my next special. So that's how the game works, everybody. Right? And I'll gradually weed that out. You know what that's the toughest thing for me on the writing a new hour is getting the right closer. Um, Figuring out which is the one that goes last. That's the hardest thing. Other than that, it's just me running my yap, which I am good at doing. Speaking of running, the Boston Celtics are fucking running the table lately. They play in the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. Um, I've sort of been trying to keep an eye on them. Obviously, it was a little busy there. But uh, dare I say, one of the hottest teams in the NBA right now at 50 and 30 playing the Milwaukee Bucks tonight, 49 and 30. I'm going to be doing a show, but I'm going to try to keep an eye on that. Uh, Bruins have been playing well. I know they lost to the Red Wings, but they looks like they won like like four, three, four in a row, home and home, home, and home against uh, Columbus. Getting all caught up here. We have this new guy. What's his name? Hampus Lindholm. I see he had a lower body injury, but people say he wasn't limping around. Poster knocks out. This is good, though. Get all the injuries out of the way right before the playoffs. Everybody comes back a little rested. You watch Netflix. You stretch your hammies. And then hopefully we go on a little bit of a run here. Um, but I got to tell you, I am, listen to me. I'm, fucking, I'm talking a mile a minute here. I am so fucking excited to be doing stand-up, man. I am so, I miss this shit like you you cannot fucking believe. Um, it really is. It's the greatest job in entertainment. It just is. Uh, 
It's just is. You know, you have to do an hour. It takes an hour. There's no meetings. There's no circling backs. There's no pre-meeting before the meeting. There's no notes. There's no nothing. Get on stage. Talk for an hour. You're done. Get out of the venue. It's perfect. It's fucking perfect. So um, I have some really big gigs coming up. Um, and I'm just going to be, you know, when I get back to L.A., I'm just going to be doing stand-up anywhere I can do stand-up and just get this fucking thing together. Editing the movie during the day, playing with my kids in the late afternoon, and then when I get them to bed, I'm going out uh, to do stand-up. And that is it, baby. That's going to be my life over the next uh, couple of months here. And uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I feel like I'm a 1,000 pounds lighter today. No more responsibility, um, at least for a week. And then I go into the editing room. But, uh, yeah, got to thank everybody that I worked with. We just had the coolest fucking set ever. Everybody was cool. Everybody was mellow. Everybody had a fucking great time. The last day of the shoot, we brought in a cigar roller, a little trick I learned when I did Pete Davidson's movie. He brought somebody in, and the cigars were delicious. Everybody had a good time. I had a little root beer. Um, yeah, man. It was fucking awesome. So anyway, I got out here last night, connected through Dallas. We had this friggin' airplane where, uh, you, know, you know, the captain gets on. And first of all, I, you know, if these fucking planes, you get on the planes, they have the intercom on like full blast. And this was the one was like extra full blast. And in the past, I've asked them to turn it down a little bit. And the stewardess always says, yeah, there's nothing we can do. It's like, what do you mean there's nothing we can do? Are you honestly telling me that they installed an intercom on full fucking blast without a knob on it? Is that what you're telling me? What it really is is they're lawyers. Just in case somebody's hard of hearing, we have to have it up full blast so nobody can sue us. The guy next to me was literally blocking his ears. It was so fucking loud. Um, That's what it's going to take. Some ambulance chaser to say, they collapsed my eardrum. So um, anyway, the guy gets on, just like loud as shit. It's your captain speaking, right? And he's like, uh, we have a mechanical issue. It's not the plane. It's one of our mid-cabin laboratories. I guess it was stinking up the joint. And I don't know what happened, but like I was, you know, listening to the people working at LAX, talking to the, uh, the male stewardess guy there. And they were just like, yeah, you know, what do you want us to do about it? And the guy was just like, this is how you talk to us? It was really fucking unprofessional. You know, whoever that guy at LAX was, he sounded like a guy who had to go fix a public toilet. (laughs) So maybe it wasn't unprofessional. Maybe it was just normal human behavior of, I don't want to fucking do that shit. So eventually they got it. They got it done. And uh, we had to connect through Dallas. And I never sweat that shit whenever they're like, you know, I might miss my connecting flight. It's just like, I know people in Dallas. I'll call up Jeff Sewell. Fucking one of my favorite little people in the business. There's Peter Dinklage and then there's Jeff Sewell. And uh, I fucking, I would just hang out with him. That's what I was thinking. Then I'll get a rental car. 
and I'll drive across this great nation. I'll go through Texas, Tyler, Texas, home of Earl Campbell, childhood home, and then I'll fucking go through Louisiana, through Mississippi, right in there. I don't give a fuck. Me and Bartnick were riding there. We're like, fuck it, we'll get a fucking rental car. It'll be fine. And because I didn't give a shit, if you believe in the universe, not only did I make my flight, they changed my gate to being right next door. You know, Dallas is probably the worst one I've ever had to connect in. Um, I really think that they installed the train going the wrong way. Because every time I get there and I have to connect, my connection, say if there's four terminals and, you know, the thing runs counterclockwise, the train... I'm always one terminal to the right. So I have to go through all of the terminals to get, or you can run like a lunatic with your bag. I've never really figured out which one is quicker, but um, yeah, I don't give a fuck anymore. You get to a certain age, you're just too old to run for a plane. And it's just like, all right, either I make it or I'm going to find out what local sports team is playing and I'm going to that game. <laughs> Tammy, what brings you to town? Oh, I missed my connecting flight. And you came out here to a fucking Tuscaloosa Wahoo game? Yes, I did. I don't give a fuck. What division is this? 19? Well, shit, let's get after it. Then you meet people. Next thing you know, you're shooting guns. You, go, you join a hate group. And the next day, you're at Hertz. You act like it never happened anymore. And now uh, you get back on your fucking plane. Um, no, I shouldn't say a hate group. Just because we're down south doesn't mean that these white people down here hate anybody else anymore. Oh, shit. I'm going to talk about that tonight on stage. That's a good way to get in with these people from Alabama. Um, by the way, somebody was sending me clips of Donald Trump. And I have to tell you, he is one of my favorite accidental stand-up comedians or comedic actors of all fucking time. And I cannot take anybody seriously that voted for that guy. I just can't. I just, like, how many times can you look the other way with this guy? Somebody sent me this thing. He was talking about people throwing bags of soup at police officers. He's like, heavy bags of soup. <laughs> He's just so full of shit that he just has to fuck it. But, you know, they're all full of shit. Okay, I'm not saying, oh, forgetful Freddy there isn't full of shit. But, like... There has to be a certain level of intelligence. You know, I mean, that, that's, that's my fucking thing. With sports fans, with, with nationalistic people, and then people who pick a political party where they just get so into it that they, can't, that they get to the point that they can't call a dumb cunt a dumb cunt just because they're on your team or they're wearing the, the political colored tie you like, or they're from your country. I mean, that's one of the fucking flaws of human beings. And I've been guilty of it, where you'd rather win than be right. You know, and you just be like, this guy's a fucking moron. And then they'll be like, well, fucking so-and-so said some dumb shit. It's like, all right. Yeah, no, they're, they're all dumb. They're all dumb. Just say it with me. To say they're, they're all, they're, they're, Joe Biden is like, that, that guy shouldn't even be, I mean, thank God he became president. We got him off the road. He's not driving anymore. <laughs> um, 
anyway, uh, let's, let's not get into politics, but it's just like I, there's nobody in the world that I love listening try to convey an idea as much as, like Don, Don Trump should have a fucking Netflix special. Like when that guy isn't president, he is one of the funniest human beings I've ever heard in my life. He's like such a character, but then when he becomes, you know, I don't know, like, like Joe Biden would be fucking hilarious if he wasn't president. <laughs> like you start to wonder, like, it's like weekend at Bernie's. They just like wheeled the guy out with fucking sunglasses on. Um, I think it's a, what do the kids call it? A deep fake. They probably have somebody else that still has their marbles together talking for the guy. Um, anyway, what, what's going on with Russia and, uh, oh my God, I'm already, why can't I ever remember the name of that country? Kiev, I can remember the name of the capital. Oh, I, I, you know, so I need like a fucking mental break is what I need. Um, Ukraine, Jesus Christ, the Ukraine. Is that how you say it? Kiev, Kiev, I don't know how to say it. What's going on with that? All of a sudden, like they're not reporting on it. I'm hearing that the underdogs are starting to win some fucking... They're starting to win some, uh, let me see, like, who's winning here? Because you, I mean, you just, just got to be rooting for the Ukraine. Ukraine, here we go. UK versus Russia. Uh, who's, who's winning? Because I saw some great shit where they were fucking, I don't know, I feel like they're only showing us the highlights. Ukraine-Russia war casualties. So far, who's winning? Who is winning in the Ukraine-Russian war? The war that has started between Russia. Why can't they just give you the answer? Why can't the West admit that the Ukraine is winning? I'm ready to admit that. I want that to happen. America is too accustomed to thinking of its side as stymied, ineffective, or incompetent. Is that what we're used to? Uh, When I visited Iraq during the 2007 surge, I discovered that the conventional wisdom in Washington usually lagged the view from the field two to four weeks. Something similar applies today. Analysts and commentators have grudgingly declared that the Russian invasion of Ukraine has been blocked and that the war is stalemated. Look at that. Shout out to the Ukraine. But with the goal line defense. I mean, you just, you, you have to vote for the underdog. That's why I don't get mad at people when, when they fucking root for people that we're fighting. I mean, well, that's what I would be doing if I didn't live here, right? You always have to vote the underdog. I think if you vote for the favorite, that, that just says something about you, right? Which is why when I became a college football fan, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't jump on the Alabama fucking wagon. I went LSU. I like fucking... Uh, Auburn, Georgia, um, Tennessee, I like. University of Kentucky, I just can't get into. They're just always going to be a basketball school for me. Oh, speaking of which, how about a shout out to the Kansas Jayhawks? I missed that game because I was working. Um, I did. I had a break at one point, and I saw they were down by 15 points at the half. And they just, right out of the locker room, they just came out there. And just, they fucking took it to him. Fucking Carolina couldn't hit a bucket, but I heard Carolina came back and then one of the big men got uh, hurt. And once he got hurt, that was it. But um, this is something else that I didn't know. I thought like, you know, if you asked me like how many 
titles like North Carolina had. I think they had like 10 or 12 or whatever. I didn't realize, I wasn't really thinking that, I knew UCLA had the most, but I thought they had more than 11. But when you think about it, when you have a one in 64 chance that there's 64 teams making the playoffs, playoffs, it's, it's one of the harder championships to win as far as odds go. So it's UCLA has 11, Kentucky has eight, I think. Is it Kentucky? Then UNC has six, Duke has five. Like, they're, they're, like everybody's in single digits except UCLA. I found that uh, pretty amazing. Um, as amazing as I want to see what happens to the Duke program now that Coach K is gone. You know, this is such a critical fucking time where the next guy has to win. You got to keep it going. Even though they won for 40 straight fucking years, 42 straight years with Coach K. It's like how University of North Carolina, it was critical that when Dean Smith stepped down that they continued to win. <clears throat> and I want to say in the early 90s, that Montrose team, was he coaching that one? I wanted to say by then that was already his son or something like that. But they were able to keep it going because watching like what happened with the University of Michigan football where you go from winning and being a destination school, it only takes like five, six years of losing and then kids don't view the school as like, you know, a winning program. Like seven, eight years, you got to figure an incoming freshman, you've been losing since he was 10 years old. You know, I don't think he's really paying attention to college history, but he's been watching the last eight years as he was moving up the ranks in football. And all he does is see you lose to Ohio State every fucking year. Um, Like that was why it was so huge today, uh, this past year when Michigan finally beat Ohio State. You got to, at some point, you got to get like that big victory. Or what you do is what Oregon did. You never win shit, but you come out with those disco ball fucking helmets and there's enough good players out there like, man, I want to wear that uniform, Um, which is one of the most interesting ways I've ever seen a program built is that they they came out with these space age Buck Roger fucking uniforms and it literally turned the program around for a little while. I think they kind of settled back down though. Am I crazy? I have no idea. I'll tell you what I got right now. Crazy free time over the next week. Woo! Um, Yeah, you know what I did before I got on my flight? You know what the fuck I did? Well, of course, I played with my kids and I took took them to school and all of that shit. But after that, after that, I uh, actually went and I played drums for like a second. Like five minutes. I just, 10 minutes or whatever, whatever time I had. Um, I have gotten into a bad habit as a parent where I bribe my son with cookies, you know, cause he's like super strong and really strong willed. And like, if you start, if you're carrying him like, okay, we're going inside, you go to pick him up. He just like grabs two handfuls of your t-shirt and he, and he starts, no, 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 he starts pointing the other way. So the other day there was some people over and they were, uh, you know, trimming the trees you get fires out here, you got to make sure you don't have all this shit touching your house, right? So they're trimming the trees. And my son was just fascinated by it. And he was going, hi, hi, saying hello. 
to everybody because he's a little sweetheart. And uh, every time I would go to go inside, he would just grab me like I owed him money, just two handfuls of T-shirt, and he, and he would start flipping out. And then finally, I was like, oh, you want to keep watching him? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, all right. And then finally, I was like, dude, we have to go inside because I, I got to go to the airport and everything. And he starts, you know, flipping out again. And finally, I just go, I go, you want a cookie? And then he just looks at the workers in the tree and he waves. He goes, bye-bye. <laughs> we started walking in the house. I go, cookie? He goes, cookie. <laughs> so I gave him half a Girl Scout cookie. Um, it's kind of funny. You know what? I've, I'm finding like, you know, the good cop, bad cop thing in uh, my relationship with my lovely wife is, uh, sorry, I'm yawning here. I'm still fucking wiped out. Um, I'm finding is, uh, she's more of a, a disciplinarian, which is good. Like she calls him out on their shit and I'm just too much of a softy. So what I really have to do, but I'm smart enough that I know I cannot undermine. You got, you got to be, a unified front as a couple with your kids or else they'll just start, you know, going around. They'll just, they'll just go to the person that's going to say yes in that situation. But I have to admit, it's like really, it's really hard for me because I have to admit, like when, when a kid has a meltdown, I just think it's, yeah, it's fucking funny to me. It's funny or I just go, all right, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? But it's like funny to me, but like, my wife is so good at seeing what that behavior is going to lead to. I think I, I have too much of like, you know, I got yelled at as a kid. I didn't like that. So I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to take a different approach. And I think my kids, both of them already know that I'm, I'm the softy that they can kind of get over on. So I, I got to kind of like, you know, I got to come more my wife's way because, you know, she knows all the tricks. She goes, no, what she does is when she doesn't like her dinner, she just says she's full and then her stomach hurts. And then we throw it out. And then like an hour later, she says she's hungry and then asks for what she really wants. I mean, that sounds like a really simple caper, right? But she was getting me on it all the time. And I was like, oh, I don't want you to go to bed hungry. What do you want? You want some, you want some cereal? <laughs> My wife is looking at me like, this is why she's not eating her vegetables. She's doing this. And then, I, then I'm like... Oh yeah, you're right. Like I'm a more, I really am a fucking moron when it comes to that shit. So, um, and I'll tell you, one of my favorite things in the world is watching my wife be a mother because she is amazing at it. She has everything. It's like perfectly balanced. She's silly. She's fun. She's affectionate. And, but then she knows when to drop the hammer. Like, all right, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. And I know what you're doing. You know, I feel like I'm Sergeant Schultz on fucking, what was it, Mc, not McHale's Navy, on uh, not Kelly's Heroes. The fuck was that called? Oh, Jesus Christ. I see nothing. Hogan's Heroes. There we go. Um, all right. Butcher Box, everybody. Look who it is. Oh, Butcher Box. You know, meal prepping is difficult. Butcher Box makes it easy. ButcherBox is a subscription service that takes the guesswork out of finding high-quality meat. 
ButcherBox sources their meat from partners with the highest standards for quality. No more searching the grocery store. Ah, sorry, for 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, and wild-caught Alaskans, uh, wild-caught seafood. You don't know what they're going to do. And more. Their sourcing decisions are made holistically, keeping the farmer, the planet, the animal, and your family in mind. Each box contains between 8 to 14 pounds of meat, depending on the box you choose. That's enough for 24 individual meals. Packed fresh and shipped frozen for your convenience so you can save time on your next trip to the grocery store. Customize your own box or go with one of theirs. Either way, you get exactly what you want. This is your chance to never uh, have to shop for ground beef again. That's right. ButcherBox is giving new members free ground beef for life. Plus, get a $10 off coupon. Sign up at butcherbox.com burn. Get two pounds of ground beef free and every order for the life of your membership, plus a $10 off coupon. Log on to butcherbox.com slash burr, claim the deal. Um, all right, so there you have it. So I'm in uh, Birmingham tonight, I'm in Macon, Georgia tomorrow, and then I'm going to the Masters. And I'm gonna put on the TV right now because I know Tiger Woods probably about halfway through his round, hoping he's making the cut. And I'll get to see that legend one more time. Um, and with that, Please listen to uh, a little bit of Anything Better clip. And after that, we'll have a little bit of music interlude, unless we don't have an Anything Better clip. I can't remember which. Um, and then you'll get a bonus half hour of a Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast um, after. All right, that's it. Have a great weekend, you cunts. <laughs>
and just say what you can say and what you can't say. It doesn't make a difference what the fuck you say. It's what's in your fucking heart, right? All you're doing is you're just giving a roadmap for psychos on how to get through the minefield without showing their hand, you know? And that's how you end up with another Hitler. I'm joking. Maybe a Mussolini, though. I'm sorry. I'm going to try not to move the computer here. The reason why I'm recording this way is because uh, I finally figured it out after two times being over here or overseas. I think I was in Australia one time, and I've blown out my fucking mixer. Mixer? Uh, what I figured out over here for you, you people, my countrymen in the States, uh, do not plug anything with two only two prongs into a fucking wall over here. My experience is it, it either blows out the plug, that's the best case scenario, or it just completely damages and uh, fucks over whatever device you were trying to put in. I've lost two mixers. I tried to plug my iPhone in. And I'm saying this is with an adapter too. Um, I didn't just stick it in a wall. I actually used an adapter. And uh, I did that with my... Uh, my iPhone charger for the 4S and the thing fucking blew up. I should have known because I was charging it earlier and it was working fine. And when I pulled it out of the wall, it was really hot. Now, I don't understand electricity. To me, it's still magic. And you somehow trapped lightning and put it in the wall. <laughs> That's what electricity is to me. It's lightning. You know? Because my only education about it was when old Fatso with his male pattern baldness and his fucking glasses flew the kite down there in Philly. You know? And he went out there and he was all hammered because uh, he was making excuses for his alcoholism. Isn't that what he did? He said, yeah, beer is uh, proof that God loves us. Yeah, what a filthy old man he must have been. Coming down the street with his giant mug. I bet Ben Franklin was the first one to have like a personalized mug at a bar or something. Like the first Norm from Cheers as he comes stumbling in. His stupid slurring witticisms. Witticisms? Witticisms? However the fuck you say it. I don't know. Um, anyways, so yeah. I'm over here on vacation. Finally took a vacation. I've always wanted to come here. And why the fuck not, right? What else am I going to do? Huh? Go to fucking Santa Fe? Um, no, I've always wanted to come here, and it has been absolutely incredible. And I did not brush up on my French whatsoever. I mean, <laughs> there wasn't really anything to brush up on. I like how I just said that as if I was at one point semi-fluent in the language. I wasn't. I will tell you that I took it from sixth grade to twelfth uh, grade, and I never progressed past French one. And, um, actually I did, I got the French 2A and I did so poorly. My dad suggested, why don't you go back to French one and start over again and get the basics. And I was like, all right, that sounds like a good idea. And in theory, it was a good idea because I still had my junior and senior years to get through French two and have my two years of a language, you know, because that was the big thing when I went to when I went to high school. You have to have two years of a language. If you don't have two years of a language, you're not going to be able to get into any college worth anything in the United States of America. Of course, it turned out to be complete horseshit. 
All you have to do if you fuck up in high school is go to any college that you want to go to and just say, listen, can I just start taking courses to prove that I can exist at this academic level? And in their head is, they just think, yeah, we'll take your money, stupid. We'll take it. Go ahead. Pay for a couple of classes. Flunk out and we got your money, you dumb fuck. But if you actually hang in there, eventually they have to accept you. That's the other way to get into a big school. You know? I mean, personally, I think what you should really do if you want to save some fucking money and you weren't born to Daddy Warbucks. I don't even know if that's the right reference. I've never seen Annie. I thought the whole thing was offensive. I didn't like how Annie looked exactly how I looked when I was a child in the 70s. And that they then made it a woman. I took it as a personal attack, but that's a whole other fucking story. Um, <laughs> anyways, if you weren't born into a rich family, what you really want to do is go to a uh, go to a community college for your first two years. What's that, like 700 bucks a year? Or a semester, whatever the fuck it is. You knock that out. There's half your fucking college education. Bing, bang, boom. You haven't, you haven't had to pay shit. And then you get, then, then you transfer to a bigger school in the better school. And then you only have to pay two years. And you know what? At the end of it, you got the same degree hanging on the fucking walls. The other jerk off. Um, but anyways, anyways, maintenant. Back to being here in France. Uh, so what I've been doing is I've been going onto this Duolingo website and uh, I got to tell you, it's been phenomenal. And I've been over here in Paris having conversations, you know, basic conversations in French with these Parisians who I told were unbelievably rude and to just speak English to them because they hate when you try and speak French and they'll roll their eyes and you'll try to talk to them in English and they'll either stomp away or they'll just speak to you in English, condescending, 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 all of that shit. I have to tell you my experience, um, nothing could be further from the truth. These people have been ridiculously polite. They're really fucking nice. And if you're making an effort to speak their language, they're actually cool with it. If you just sit there and you're like, uh, blah, 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 whatever you go, do I say that right? And they'll laugh and they'll, they'll, they'll just kind of help you along with it. That's what I find. I found a couple of impatient people, but you know what the fuck? Um, I don't know. I think it kind of goes back to that, that same thing like with New Yorkers. I always heard New Yorkers were rude and pushy. And when I moved there, I didn't find that. I found them to be really friendly. So uh, either people are making up shit or I'm fucked up, one or the other. It's probably a little bit of, of both. But I've been here for about five days, and uh, I can't say enough about the people, man. I, I, I think they're great. And um, the lovely Mia... She's unbelievable when it comes to speaking other languages. She just like, I swear to God, I was telling her the other day, like she could be like a spy because she'll sit there and she'll start speaking in French and her French is so good that they just roll with it here. And then they start saying shit. And I know Mia doesn't know what they're talking about, but she doesn't betray that on her face. She just sits in the pocket and she watches their body language and their mannerisms and she picks up on what they're saying and then she responds to it with the French that she knows or if she doesn't she gives them a smile and then asks them in English is that what you're talking about and they absolutely fucking love her 
Me, on the other hand, I've been able to get to, uh, I had one cab ride that was entirely in French, um, which like made my whole fucking trip. I figured this is how you learn the language if you ever lived over here. Uh, how to get, you know, have a cab ride and ordering food seems to be the way to go the first time. So I've been trying to learn all these different, you know, words for food and that type of shit over here. But it's been, uh, it's been tremendous. I've always wanted to come here. And I got to tell you, um, the limited amount of places that I've been to over here or around the world, I should say, uh, this is the visually the most unbelievable city I've ever been to. I mean, uh, these sons of bitches knew what they were doing when they were laying this thing out. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Like, I've been to, like, I think three parks here. Or two. Two giant parks here that could fuck with Central Park. Well, and they're not as big as Central Park. They have another one that's as big as Central Park. I haven't been to that one yet. You know what's funny? As I looked it up on the internet, and I guess at night, that's where the hookers are. <laughs> and you know what? I got to tell you, their hookers are pretty fucking gorgeous. That's another thing, too. Best looking fucking women as far as a, a country I've ever gone to. And that includes, I mean, this just might be personal taste. This includes Sweden and Norway, where the women were drop-dead gorgeous and uh, Iceland, too. Like, the French women are fucking unbelievable. Plus, they're speaking French, you know? Who the hell doesn't like a gorgeous woman speaking French? You know? I don't know. Maybe you don't. This is just all my own personal opinions here. But um, anyways, these other two parks that, that I've gone to, um, the way that they do it, it's like you walk into the park, and it's sort of, you're covered like, just trees all around you. And that's beautiful enough with park benches and all that. Um, and then you basically walk, I don't know how far, I don't know how many meters, how many yards, but you get all the way in, um, whatever, about four or five football fields. And once you get in, all of a sudden it just comes to this like giant open area and then you have these 365-degree views of, like, museums, old governmental buildings, or, like, the Eiffel Tower all of a sudden will just be there like a, like a goddamn mountain in the distance. It's um, literally breathtaking, you know? And I know you guys are going to trash me for saying that, but I, I swear to God, it's uh, it's I can't say enough about it, and... Um, if I was ever going to live, I think, somewhere else, I mean, first of all, I always want to learn to speak another language. And also, this, this place is incredible. And I've only seen a little bit of it. And I'll, I'll tell you about it uh, after uh, after these messages here. i got to do a little bit of advertising here. I apologize for the clicking sound if this is, like, extra loud. But like I said, my fucking mixer only has... Uh, only has the two prongs and I'm not sticking that in the wall because, you know, I buy like $90 mixers. So that's another thing too about your devices over here. If you got something that costs you about a hundred bucks and some sort of a piece of electronics, do not plug it into the fucking wall with or without an adapter. But without an adapter, it's probably going to blow up. 
Um, as opposed to just getting shorted out the other way. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Stamps.com, everybody. Um, the post office is always crowded. Now it will be even more crowded with people mailing in their taxes. But you still need to get out envelopes and packages for your business. What do you do? Use Stamps.com instead. Stamps.com brings all the services for the post office right to your desk. It's so convenient and easy to use. You can buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter, any package using your computer and printer. Then just hand it to your mailman. Stamps.com even sends you a free digital scale that automatically calculates uh, the extra postage you need. And the scale is, scale is yours to keep. You'll never have to go to the post office again. I use Stamps.com to send out all my DVDs, my posters, uh, my, my re-elect Bill Burr buttons, whatever thing I'm selling. You know, whatever I'm whoring out at the end of my shows. Uh, right now, you can use my last name, Burr, B-U-R-R, -R, for this special offer, no-risk trial, plus a free $110 bonus offer that includes a digital scale and up to $55 in free postage. Don't wait. Go to Stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Burr, B-U-R-R, -R, that's Stamps.com, enter Burr. Um, next, what do we got here? Oh, LegalZoom, everyone. Modern technology is great smartphones, iPads, and other gadgets make it easy to do so many things. But why is it that our lives seem busier at the same time? Well, I got theories on that, but I don't have time to tell you, tell you about them. Uh, well, when it comes to getting to the legal help you need, LegalZoom provides a great solution that works with your busy schedule. Let's face it, the legal system is complicated. Um, there are better things you can do with your time. Thankfully, LegalZoom is there for you. So if you're thinking about starting a business, forming an LLC, or getting a trademark, will, or living trust, LegalZoom gets the job done right. You'll get the personal attention you need to help you take care of all the details. LegalZoom's been helping families and small business owners for over 14 years, and they received an A-plus from the Better Business Bureau. An A-plus, people. Call or visit LegalZoom today. For an extra discount, enter Burr in the referral box at checkout. That's LegalZoom.com, discount code Burr. LegalZoom prov provides legal help through a independent attorneys and self-help services, but it is not a law firm. Go to LegalZoom.com, enter discount code Burr. Um, and what do we got here? One more. Dollar Shave Club, everyone. Nothing feels better than that first shave with a fresh blade, right? It's smooth, it's close, and the blade is as sharp as ever. Um, it feels fantastic. But thanks to the big shaves... What? But thanks to the big shaves company's ridiculous prices... You can't afford to use a fresh blade every week, can you? So you drag that dull-ass blade across your face for two weeks, three weeks, ten weeks, however long, depending on your cash situation. Why would you do that to yourself? Maybe because the only thing more painful than shaving with an old blade is shelling out 30 bucks for a pack of new ones. Um, if you want to enjoy a fresh blade every week, but you don't want to take out another mortgage on your house, you got to join dollarshave.com. For just a couple of bucks, bucks a month, DollarShaveClub.com ships the highest quality blades you can get. Um, I use these things when I'm out here on the road. They're absolutely phenomenal. Everything they're saying about them is true. And you know what? It's only 6 bucks for the best quality blades you can get. So every week, I can pop in a fresh blade and treat myself to an amazing shave. I try, I'm finally treating my face like my own face. You know? It's incredible. Uh, join DollarShaveClub.com. Get amazing quality blades in the mail every couple... For a couple of bucks and treat yourself to a brand new blade every single week. Hundreds of thousands of guys have upgraded their shaving with DollarShaveClub.com. I'm one of them and I'm loving it. Now it's your turn. Shave time, shave money. 
dollarshaveclub.com slash burr. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash burr. All right, back to the podcast here. Um, oh, and I also forgot to mention, uh, I did have a couple of things that I, I wanted to bring up before I get going too far. Uh, the All In Comedy Tour kicked off at, um, Jesus Christ, now where the fuck is it? Is it right here? Yeah, there we go. The All Things Comedy Tour kicked off down at Largo last Monday, hosted by yours truly. All right. Kicking uh, kicking all my buddies out of the nest here so they can go out on the road and uh, headline themselves, headline their own tours. The All In Comedy Tour starring uh, Rose Bowl Tailgate Legends, Joe Bartnick, Jason Lawhead, and uh, my good friend uh, Paul Verzi. Um, I actually got some great feedback on the tour. They did their first date alone down in San Diego. And here's a review. Here's an email I got. Uh, dear William, I might be your biggest West Coast fan. I saw you on New Year's Eve and just checked out the All In show in San Diego last week. Wow, those guys were hilarious. Joe, Jason, and Andrew, Andrew Themelis, who helps me on the podcast here, actually came down for the show, uh, were just as awesome as they were at the Wiltern. Joe Bartnick is an animal. <laughs> There's never been a truer thing said. He says, if that's the way he does comedy, I hate to see him drunk. Actually, you'd love to see him drunk. Uh, Lawhead is a spitfire. He did a great impersonation of the guy from Bar Rescue by request of the other guys on the show. Oh, by the way, we got a video of that. We got some video of that. Uh, Jason Lawhead does a fucking hilarious impression of the Bar Rescue guy. We're going to have that up here on the podcast page. Um, And he said, I was quoting Andrew Themelis to my coworkers the next day. And now on to Verzi. Holy shit, Paul Verzi's hilarious. He's the only one of your four horsemen I've never seen perform. You don't keep any slouches around. I highly recommend your podcast listeners check out their other shows. I'd be the water boy on this tour, too. I was hoping you were actually a guy in the audience in disguise and you were going to stand up and rip off your fake mustache and jump up on stage. Thanks for the podcast and go fuck yourself. Uh, There's actually a chance um, that I might pop in on a, a, a show or possibly two on this tour. You never know. But just to let you know, tonight they're at Helium Comedy Club, great comedy club in Portland, Oregon. Um, tomorrow, Tuesday, they're at the Punchline in San Francisco. Actually, Tuesday and Wednesday, they're at the Punchline in San Francisco. And Thursday, they're at the Punchline in Sacramento. All great, all great clubs. It's an amazing show. They're all my buddies. I'd love it if you had time to go out and support these guys. The show starts at 8 p.m. Um, see them all on the same bill. You're going to get to be able to tell your friends that someday. And, uh, oh, and also, um, Tom Segura, one of my favorite, um, I call him new comedians because I'm an old guy. And, um, here, he's also one of the members here in the, uh, all things comedy network. He, he has a new uh, comedy special out his first hour special called completely normal. It's available. If you want to purchase it on iTunes, if you just want to check it out and, uh, get him some views on Netflix, you can obviously check it out on Netflix. All right. I'm done running my mouth here. Um, so back to the, uh, back to the tour here. Um, I just realized I'm wearing headphones and I can't even hear myself. Not the tour, back to the, uh, the trip out here in France. Um, so yeah, we got here on, uh, Wednesday of last week and, uh, I got to admit, I haven't seen 
I haven't really done any touristy shit. Uh, I've just kind of been sitting in cafes watching people going by, you know, eating some great food and um, riding a bicycle, riding around like a twinkle toes, having a good time doing that. Uh, walked along the River Sen. If you ever get a chance to do that, um, you're going to see these stairs that go down where you can get really close to the river. Do not, I repeat, do not do that. Um, I think that's where everyone in Paris, when they can't make it to the bathroom, takes a piss because it, it literally smells like the Port Authority down there. If you stay up a pie along the road, um, it's incredible. And um, I don't know. We've just been having a great time here. I'm trying to get, get Mia to come down here to the podcast. She's still sleeping. She's got a little bit of jet lag. Uh, I don't know. You know what? I'll hit pause here in a few minutes and I'll actually go into the other room and see if I can get her. I apologize if this is too quiet. We're actually staying in a very quiet building here. We, um, we rented an apartment here, which uh, is definitely more expensive, but it's kind of, you save money by basically, you know, because then you have a kitchen. So what you do is you just go down the road, you know, you walk outside and you fucking... Maybe you learn some French words on food. You go in and you go try to have a, uh, you try to go buy your groceries all speaking only French. I was almost able to do it. I fooled it. I can always fool them for the first couple of words and they kind of figure it out and they slowly start speaking English. But I kind of just stick with the French like I'm trying to learn it. At that point, I just say, I'll say the English word and then try to say the French word and then just say, is that how you say it? And then they usually correct me or whatever. But uh, whatever, then you can just, Bring it back, load up your fridge, and uh, you can save a ton of cash that way. Um, I don't know. It's just been amazing. It's been amazing. Uh, I haven't been able to get up early enough to get a fresh baguette. And uh, I, will, I can tell you that that's something else that I learned here is nothing, nothing goes faster than a fucking baguette in the morning. These, these people, like, that's one of the true stereotypes. Like, when you see them walking down the street or riding a bicycle with a baguette, these fucking people are into those goddamn things, and they try to be the first person in line. I mean, dude, they, they, they're gone. They're fucking gone. By, like, by the time I get up at, like, 11.30, it's probably the earliest I've been getting up, around 10 o'clock, 11.30 or whatever. They're just fucking gone. There's, like, two or three left. And, um, I don't know. So, uh, I already forget the name of bakery. I say bakery out here. Ah, shit. I don't know. But, uh, Neil will know. I keep thinking I learn words like le chien. And she goes, no, le chien. It's like, ah, you know what? Le fuck you. You know, just, it's kind of annoying because, you know what? I actually kind of got pissed a couple times when she did that to me because I felt like I was back in French class. It's like, am I ever going to get this shit down? Um, so anyways, as I mentioned, uh, we haven't seen, the only touristy things that I, I've seen is I've just stood and looked at them, like the Notre Dame. I basically, uh, one day, this is a great city to get lost in too, because you just use the river as your guide. Um, I just kind of go in about five, 10, 20 blocks 
although you can get lost because the river sort of want river send kind of winds down the middle of it but it's it's been a pretty good way to try to figure out where the hell you're at um but like i walked by the notes are down and it was beautiful and everything but i'm not a big religious guy and then i saw the line of people outside of it and i just laughed like why the fuck I understand if you have kids and you're trying to teach them something, but if you're a fucking adult and you're on vacation, there's no reason to ever stand in line. You're on vacation. Why would you do that to yourself? You know? Like, we were sitting there. I was trying to find the Arc de Triomphe, and uh, I, I, I couldn't figure out where the fucking thing was. And one of these great moments, just wandering around Paris, and then I saw this beautiful park, and I was just like, Neil, let's go in there. Let's just walk in there. She was like, all right. We start walking in, and I started to take in the view, and I turned around, and I looked over my shoulder, and I was looking right up the Champs-Élysées, however the fuck you say it, and basically at the end of that street is the Arc de Triomphe, all the way in the back, and I literally got goosebumps, because all I've ever seen of that monument is two video footage one, when Hitler, uh, when the Germans had defeated France and they were driving up that fucking street. And then two, when uh, England and the Americans came in and we uh, helped France get the Germans out of that fucking country. Uh, all of them, you know, all the French women and everybody going fucking crazy. It really gave me chills. And I kept saying that to me, I know I was freaking around. There's no way to say Hitler drove up this street in an excited way without freaking out the person that you're with. <laughs> and I had to, you know, I'm a, I like that history shit. You know what I mean? It's like one of the most evil guys ever who was well on his way to taking over the world and possibly you know, the height of him taking over the his quest was him driving up that famous street. And uh, I don't know, I, somebody got, when I was on the road in in, um, in Canada, somebody got me a, uh, gave me this book, uh, The Guns of August. And it's about World War One, and it's phenomenal. And, uh, I knew that France had lost to Germany in World War One and World War Two initially, both wars. But I didn't realize that in like 1870, they had had another war and Germany won that one. Ah, why didn't I bring the book down here? I'll read the quote next week. And basically, France lost. France straight up lost that war. It wasn't like World War One, World War Two, where they got occupied and then eventually got them out of there. At least I think that's what happened in World War One, because I, I don't know much about that war. But in 1870, they fucking lost. And aside from having to give up some land, one of the things, part of the, the, the treaty in the end, is they had to let the Germans drive up that street, the Champs-Élysées, right? And not one French person showed up. It was just one of the darkest days in their history. I mean, talk about absolute fucking humiliation, right? So these sons of bitches drive, drove up the street, and uh, and then they had to pay like 
like some ridiculous amount of francs as a punishment. I want to say five billion, but there's no way anybody could afford that back in fucking 1870. It was supposed to take an entire generation for them to pay it back to the Germans, which would obviously keep France weak. And these motherfuckers so wanted these guys off their back, they paid it off in three years. I'm going to go out on the limb and say that nobody ate a baguette for fucking three years here in France, and they got the Germans off their backs. And uh, so and once they did, there was this expression over here, I guess, according to the book anyways, where basically that moment in their history when the Germans drove up Champs-Élysées, which I'm, I'm sure I'm saying it wrong, uh, it was basically said um, that it was something like to never be spoken of but always thought about. Basically, never forget, but don't bring it up. That's how, how much it hurt them for that to happen. And it was referred to, uh, what was it referred to? Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember. Ah, I'm the worst. Um, basically, I didn't realize that that had happened. So the fact that fucking Hitler did it again, I don't know if it happened again in World War One. I. I have no fucking idea. Um, I don't know shit about World War One, but it happened again in World War Two, so it actually happened again. And uh, as far as I've, I've gotten into that book, The Guns of August, basically the fucking reason why Germany started the first one, it, it, kind of England and France and everybody else, they were being cunts to the Germans. They just wanted to be acknowledged. They just wanted to be included. So I guess whenever these diplomats would go around Europe and they would visit, everybody always went to Paris. Everybody went to fucking Paris because Paris is the shit. All right? And people would go to London. I don't know where the... Maybe they'd go to fucking Rome. But no one ever went to Berlin. And I guess they started getting this inferiority complex. Plus, there was a couple of treaties going on where just logistically German felt that they were going to have to fight a war on two fronts and they were going to get fucked. So unless they made a move first, they were going to be in trouble. And, uh, you know, France and England were playing a good, you know, the great game of what? We're not going to invade you. We're not going to try to, you know, fucking take over your shit. Why would we do that? We're France and England. We don't have a record of doing that around the fucking world for centuries. They kind of had an argument. I'm not. Ta I'm talking about World War One here. I'm not talking about the fucking maniac there of World War Two. I'm just saying I actually kind of understood. Like, oh, so that's kind that that was their logic. I'm not saying it was the right move, but it was. Oh, it's very interesting. So, anyways, uh, this is basically what I've been doing here, and uh, today I'm trying to knock the podcast out uh, early. Because like I said, we haven't done anything touristy. We walked We walked up uh, the Champs-Élysées, that street, for uh, to go see the Arc de Triomphe. And uh, it was funny. The first, It was a breathtaking street. But the closer you got to the monument, the more I felt like I was in Times Square. You know, there's like a Forever 21 and shit like that. Very disappointing. That there was that. Although I did use a public bath bathroom that cost me two euros. That was the cleanest thing I had ever been to. 
but I didn't realize that. You know, you can actually go to the top of that monument. I had no idea. And I also still have no idea how you actually get to the monument because it's in the middle of a fucking rotary. And there are subway stairs on the other side. And we went down into the subway and followed the sign. And all it did was spit us out on the same side. I couldn't figure it out. And at the end of the day, I have to stand in a fucking line to stand up on something where I can probably get a taller view, a higher view at a fucking restaurant at the top of a hotel where there's no line. And I can actually look at the monument rather than stand on the monument and look at a fucking hotel. It doesn't make any sense. You want to stand behind fat fucks in jean shorts? Then go to a monument and try to go to the top of it. I can tell you that. Anyways, so then finally me and the uh, we're like three, four days here. I said, hey, do you want to look at the Eiffel Tower now? And she's like, yeah. <clears throat> we're both exhausted because it's a long fucking walk. Um, oh, and by the way, the way they have this their city laid out, there's like Le Louvre. Um, their, their famous museum where the Mona, Mona Lisa is, which uh, I've yet to go see. I'm going to do that today. All right. Which I don't like the whole setup of it. How you have you have to go in. You got to go in to see her because, you know, because that bitch ain't coming outside. No, you got to uh, you got to go in and see the fucking thing. I already know. I heard it's really small. And, uh, you know, she's got that Ryan Gosling smile. I'm going to go do it just to fucking do it. But um, every day you walk by that, there's just busloads of fucking kids getting dragged there by their French teachers from around the fucking world. And, you you know, I don't know. That's why I'm going there on a Monday. I figure the weekends are going to be worse, so I'm going to go there. And Nia's just like me when it comes to museums. She likes them for a finite period. Museums just make me feel dumb. I'm going to be honest with you. I go in there and I try. Patrice O'Neill used to have this great bit about there was some disaster, like giant disaster that happened and, and they were showing all the sad people and he was talking about how he sat there and he tried so hard to give a fuck, um, which I'm butchering it. His delivery of it, of course, was perfect. But... Um, that's how I feel when I'm when I go into a uh, a museum. The the Patrice O'Neill bit where I'm trying so hard to give a fuck. I I just don't care about old stuff. I respect it. I, I would rather hear a scientist. I'd rather watch a scientist on television tell me why what I'm looking at is so fucking important, rather than going up there and have to read the index card. It's not even an index card. It's like a fucking notebook paper size thing of all this shit. There's just there's too much shit to know. And then I go in there and I'm going to look at the knickknacks of all the fucking, or the brick brack of, of the fucking, I, it's just, it's too much. All right. I like going to car museums, stuff like that. You know, I, I can, I can, I can deal with that. So I'm not saying museums are bad. I'm just saying that um, I am not refined enough as a human being to actually appreciate what's going to be in that thing. We'll see. I'll talk, I'll talk to you about it next week. But um, So anyways, we had gone to uh, um, the Arc de Triomphe and then uh, I finally go, all right, you want to go see the Eiffel Tower? I mean, we saw it. We saw basically a third of it, all the way to about a half of it from those parks, the amazing views. 
So we were both tired from walking up the street. So we got one of those little bike rickshaw fucking things. It was the greatest. So we got jumped in that thing. We're going on the rotary around the fucking arc. And uh, then we're just riding along, riding along, riding along. And then once again, because the French, the French know how to make a city, you go around this roundabout. And then all of a sudden there's this, there's all these buildings and then there's just this giant gap. And literally I was looking down because I was like videoing as we were riding. And I just heard Nia gasp. And I looked up and there and there it was. Like like a fucking Tyrannosaurus Rex. Like a giant had just taken a, you know, taken a step right towards you. It was unbelievable. The greatest tourist attraction I've ever fucking seen. And I never, I didn't even go up. I ne- we never went up in it. We just stood there and looked at it. Um, essentially from across the river, but it's it's right on the river, and it's so goddamn big. It, it was it was incredible. And then we just went across the way and we sat in a cafe and just uh, just looked at it. <laughs> and what's great about the cafes here in France is they. I've never been to anything like it. All the chairs are faced out at the street. They're all, all Nene. I think she just came in. All the chairs are just faced out at the street because you you just you don't want to miss anything that's going by. All these fucking beautiful women, all dressed unbelievably. Um, and then you got the Eiffel Tower in the background, and we got there. Just before dusk, and at dusk they turn the lights on. Oh, there she is. Ah, bonjour. Bonjour, madame. Bonjour, monsieur. Uh, come on in. Come on in. I, I was smart enough this time to not plug my mixer in. Uh-huh. Right before I stuck it in the wall with the adapter, I saw I, I saw the, the two prong things. I'm like, wait, this is what happened to me the last time. Yeah. <laughs> with my $99 fucking mixer. Well, come on over here uh, near the uh, the microphone. D'accord. Uh, that means okay, everybody. See, I told you she's good at it. Um, so anyways, I was just telling them. <clears throat> what are you talking about? You just cleared your. Oh, sorry. See that big blip there? You just cleared it right near the microphone. Oh, Jim, excuse. Um, so I was just telling them about taking that rickshaw bike over to the uh, the Eiffel Tower mm-hmm. and just how they have the city laid out where you don't see it, you don't see it, you don't see it, and then it's just boom between the <laughs> two buildings and uh, how we were sitting in that cafe. Uh, uh, yeah. It was there, amazing. <laughs> drinking wine <laughs> and I'm smoking my little pretentious <laughs> cigar, cigarette thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's another thing too. Like everybody fucking smokes over here. It's hilarious. Oh, it's great. There's no, <laughs> there's no Surgeon General here whatsoever. But uh, I was mentioning that we're gonna go see uh, the Mona Lisa today, and I'm not yes. a big museum person, and I've I've kind of been speaking for you on a scale of one to ten. Your your feelings about museums? Um, hmm. you know what? I would say I'm at a seven. You're at a seven, but like, I'm not a full on. I'm not a full on ten because I don't. I'm not the kind of person that's like wants to spend an entire day in a museum. I want to go in, see the shit that I want to see, and then get out because it's exhausting. 
but there are certain things that like I love. I do love museums, but I just don't want to go there and like, like when we're in New York and I go to the MoMA, I I just want to go in, see some things and leave. I don't want to spend the day at the MoMA. Some people do that and they love it. I can't, I can't do that. I literally get sick to my stomach when I hear you say, go to the MoMA. What do you mean? It's just like, I feel like I'm back in school and it's the class I hate and I have to sit there until the bell rings. Do you know when I was a single man in New York, the amount of time people go, oh, take her to a museum, take her to a museum. And it would always be the worst fucking date. And it was, <laughs> and I would do it because people say that, you know, that's where you take these New York ladies. So, right. and I would take them there like I was culture. I'm not culture. And I would go there and I would be bored shitless. And then they would feel it. Like I'm telling like 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes in, depending on how good looking she was. But the thing- <laughs> 15, 20 minutes in, I would be. I would just be bored shitless and well, I would gotta, be looking you, for, for a place to buy a hot dog. But the thing is, there's certain, there'd be certain exhibits at museums that you would like. Remember when we went to the car museum? I said that. I, I like the car museum. <laughs> you like that place. I like, uh, I like. If there was like a stand-up comedy <laughs> exhibit. Yeah, that's not a museum. That's just cool shit or like a bunch of cool, uh, photographs I could yeah. get into. Right. But the, uh, the, the artifacts, like when we went to we went to the the fucking thing there uh, with the guy who flew on the ceiling. That yeah, shit was the Sistine just... Chapel. You were like like walking through there, like you were walking through an airport trying to get to your gate. <laughs> you were like walking so fast, barely looking at anything. You were just like, I'm just yeah, walking through this because I have to one, because it's the Sistine Chapel. It was one vestment, one vestment after another. This priest it was wore beautiful, this. though. What are you I'm, talking about? It was, I know. We have this whole... I can't even believe that you would say that it's not beautiful in there. It was absolutely gorgeous. It was oh a lot God. to take in. But you're you're like you're like a 13-year-old boy. You're it, like, this is boring. No, it didn't. It this looked sucks. Like an, it looked like an Italian's living room. You know that hacky joke that they do where they talk about that room that's all covered in plastic that no one can go into? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it looks like. It's just... Ornate. I'm going to use the word ornate. Ornate, it but was don't just you? So fucking over. It was so gaudy. Every look. You know how you love how the Parisians dress, where it's yes. basically all dark color, all dark color, and then like the splash of color with the scarf or mm-hmm. the shoes or the hat, and everything else is sort of was it was it muted, matted, neutral, neutral, neutral whatever mm-hmm. the fucking word is. <laughs> um, that was the exact opposite. Yeah, that was the ornate, epitome but, of oh, but look how I got like, this over here. I know, but there's so much time and skill that you know goes into putting all those frescoes up. It was absolutely incredible, though. You got to appreciate that part of it. You got to appreciate the artistry that goes into something absolutely. like this. The same way I can appreciate an older movie, but also realize that the dialogue's a little dated. Like the the way they decorated it is a little dated. Oh, I gotta give what? What is it? What do you mean dated? I mean it's it's Rome. It's one of like the oldest cities. I ever. loved Rome. I loved Rome. I loved everything about it, other than that fucking the only fucking museum I went to was that stupid <laughs> Sistine Chapel, and it sucked. When you go there, make a right and go go right to the ceiling painting. Yeah, that's and then the get best the fuck out of here. Don't go to the left and see every chalice they ever fucking drank out of for like the next. And it wasn't even crowded that day. God forbid if it was fucking crowded. You're gonna, you, you're gonna. I swear to God, you're gonna think about abandoning your family for good <laughs> if you're if you're wired like me. Um, so by the way, um, I, I would now say 
haven't been here that uh, Paris, as far as Europe goes. Yes. Paris is like New York City. I'd say London is like a smart Chicago. <laughs> I love saying that just to piss off people in Chicago. <laughs> and then Rome is sort of like a Boston, Philly kind of thing. You know what? I really feel like it's a complete like travesty that you would try to compare these amazing European cities to cities in the United States. Oh, See, give me a fucking No, no, no. This, these cities, New York, Chicago, Don't, and Boston are out. awesome. Time out. But yeah. like to Don't try to compare them to like Europe, like that's stupid. Well, most that's of my listeners to do that. Listen, most of my listeners are from the United States of America. They need they need a frame of reference. No, what I'm doing. they don't. You don't need to give them some sort of like watered down frame of reference. Like, no, Paris is I'm like Paris, London is like point. London, and Rome is like Rome. Ah, oh, Jesus. Yeah, you're gonna do that They're person not... who comes over here and now fucking just says that everything over here is is like it's is paved with gold. No, I'm not saying. Did you that. see all I'm those saying... fish and chip eating jackasses in England? I mean, you can't tell me that that's not Chicago. Like the amount I've of heart attacks. I went to Chicago once and I had an awesome time. So I honestly, I don't know that much about. I Chicago. love Chicago. I love Chicago, and I gave London props where I said that it's like a smarter Chicago. Plus, I like <laughs> while insulting Chicago. Chicago. Well, that's what I got to do. Somebody <laughs> has to go down in the scenario. Sorry, Chicago. Oh fuck you! I love Chicago, and you know me. I'm a moron. I've, 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 that's all I've been doing is talking about how dumb I am on this. I can't even go to a fucking museum and enjoy myself. Um. Oh, so also out here, um, oh, you know what you missed yesterday? You missed these two, uh, I was going to say French people. Like, like what else are they out here? <laughs> these two French guys. Oh, that's another thing, too. Uh, um, just like in, in what I love about traveling, just, about, just like in Philly, our cheesesteak is just called a cheesesteak. They don't go, can I get a Philly cheesesteak? They're in Philly. <laughs> just like over here. French toast is not French toast. It's right. Pain to per, pain perdu. Le, yeah, le pain perdu. Yeah, le pain perdu. That's what it is. There's no French in it. They are French. They don't need to say it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my travel. And it's tip. delicious. It's wasn't it really good with that custard? Although in Boston, it's still a Boston cream pie. That's because it's Boston. Yeah, we're morons. <laughs> <laughs> is that where we are? Um, oh, I, I would have a fucking Framingham whatever over there. They'd identify everything in Boston just to say that it's Boston related. Oh, shut up. It's not like I'm going. from Boston. I love my city, but come on. Boston is, if you want to talk about dumb, let's talk about Boston. Oh, uh, what are you talking about? Harvard? No, God. <laughs> we have Harvard, yes, Harvard. Boston University. There's, I went to college in Boston. MIT. It's a, it's a wonderful, uh, Mecca of university. Mecca of where... university of people who come from other places <laughs> 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 to continue their education in a very uh, beautiful well, brisk fall setting. Otherwise, I would, I would. It's a bunch of friendly jackasses, as you say. <laughs> I would be, I would be offended by that if uh, I didn't fit into that fucking stereotype. <laughs> Believe it or not, people, I did not get accepted to Harvard. I got accepted to Wentworth. Where's that? Wentworth was a construction uh, school. <laughs> what? It's, this is like this is like fucking Breakfast Club. What? I'm dumb because I know how to make a lamp. No, you're not. No, you're a genius because you know how to make a lamp. That's what you're supposed to say. Um, I mean, and I had no construction Wentworth. skills whatsoever. The reason why I picked it was because 
it just looked like it was a fun job because I was working in warehousing. And I noticed when you worked with a bunch of other guys and the boss was sort of there but not really there, you could just stand around breaking balls all day. So that's why I picked the school. Right. Okay. I get accepted there. And then I also got semi-accepted to Northeastern. Like, all right, we'll let you take, we'll let you take a couple of classes. I'll see how you do. We'll see how you do. And yeah, it was a fucking nightmare. I didn't get accepted. And then I went to, I went to neither place. I went to, I got, I got rejected from Harvard, of course, because I wasn't smart enough. My dad went to Harvard. So I felt like, well, let me apply to Harvard. I feel like I should have pushed harder to get into Harvard, but I didn't. And I went to Emerson and it was awesome. So and there's my college story, and that's my college story. Yeah, Listen, it was we're, great. We're coming, we're coming up on an hour here. Uh, what are you What are you talking about here? What you, I what talked about on? I talked about everything. Oh, you know something else? I've been trying like every friggin' cigar uh, that you can try out here because their selection is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is what I have learned. Even in Paris, if you want to buy a cigar, go to a cigar store. What's the one that I went to down the street? On Rue Saint Honoré. I don't know, but yeah, you got to go to a specialty place, just like with the uh, the boulangerie. You go to the boulangerie. That's bakery. Boulangerie. To get, yeah, to get the croissant and the baguettes, and I guess you go to a pâtisserie to get the like little cakes and the macaroons and things like that. Yeah, because other than that, what you you're just gonna get ripped off. Like it's weird because I they got all these places. It's it just it, was it T A B A C. Tabac. Tabac, yeah. You just see those signs and you're like, oh, there's Cuban cigars in there. And you walk in there, but they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Like I, I walked in to one yesterday and I, I bought two different size, like Cohibas, these smaller ones and real thin ones. And um, you're supposed to like, basically what you do is you squeeze the end of it. You're supposed to go in about 50% and then supposed to come back out. I like Mushy. watching you squeeze your imaginary cigar. Yeah. The rest of the cigar, regardless of how hard it is, it doesn't make a difference. It's that right there. And that'll give you a good draw. But the whole thing was was squishy. And I noticed that they seemed almost a little wet. They had the fucking humidifier up too high. And I'm sitting there smoking it last night. It was like, you know, it was like I'm smoking wet leaves. It just, and it was a cube. And it was, I had to finish the thing. How funny was it when I stuck the Q-tip in the end of it <laughs> to the side? <laughs> so I get down to the end. Um, it was still, you know, better than any cigar that I usually get in the U.S. That's like when you're, like, in college or whatever, and you're trying to smoke, like, the very the yeah, smallest right. part of the joint. You yeah. use a pair of tweezers to smoke out of it. Roach that clip, was yeah. Like, yeah, exactly, there's a, there's the a, roach clip. There's a famous story, because uh, I've only heard it once in my life. I'm not going to say it's famous. Uh, Castro, when he was at the U.N., he actually lit up during the whole meeting of the minds of people around the world. And as he's sitting there listening, he's smoking a Cuban, which I think is a big fuck you to the U S like, yeah, you guys wish you could be smoking these. And in the end, he, <laughs> he, he, what he used as a roach clip was some part of his glasses. And he stuck it in there and he was holding his glasses, like hitting it like a roach. at the Really? End the yeah. Huh. Dressed like he was on mash. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I got you a croissant from the boulangerie. Okay, what flavor? Plain. The butter one. How do you say it? Bill. Bill. Yeah, bill. <laughs> um, okay, let's read a couple of these things here. Uh, oh. Fake sports enthusiasm. Um, dear Billy Balls, between the Final Four and the Super Bowl, which one do you think attracts the most fake female sports fans? 
all just running out the door in whatever color they're rooting for. Never watched any regular season games. Which is it? I say the Final Four. Uh, first of all, I don't think that you got to just say that it's women. Uh, yeah, fuck you. Oh, Jesus. I'm not saying that because Nia's here either. Although I might subconsciously because <laughs> we have to spend the day in a museum. <laughs> uh, the most fake female sports fans. There's only fake female sports fans? I would say... Oh, I would. Well, the Super Bowl is brutal for the fake female sports fan. It's fucking brutal. Because, it's brutal for because, everybody because every most people pretend like they give a shit about the Super Bowl when they don't. They just want to uh, watch the goddamn commercials. That's and a I very. Myself that's a very. Them. That's a very ignorant point of view. What you're doing right oh. now is because you're looking out your own head and saying this is the view of the world. The so, thing is, Nia, you're I part. A lot of people are. I didn't. You're say. part. You're part of the problem. You're the woman who shows up that doesn't give a fuck. And talks during the game. I don't show up. I you, don't show up. Yeah. You know I don't go to games or any of that kind of shit with you because I usually don't care. No, no, but, I'm, but the Super Bowl, you do show up. You go to a Super Bowl party. Yeah. You eat the food. You yeah. talk during the game. I and don't. you shut up during the commercial. No. And then when the game comes back on, you go, oh, my God, haven't you think that one cost? That one wasn't that good. That is not what I do at all. Yes, you are is. lying right now. I, I don't so, ever do that. I'm I've never gone, more embarrassed I've of gone, you than on Super Bowl so many Sunday. Super Bowl parties with you, and I've never done that. I usually dip out. During the game, or I'm sort of sitting there watching it and not really paying attention no, on my you're phone. Not. You're over in the corner giggling with your friends during the game. Don't All I hear is, ha, ha, No. Ha. That's <laughs> what I hear. <laughs> <laughs> I would actually say the Super Bowl because the Super Bowl has become like a national holiday. And it's the fact that it is one day. It is on the weekend. It's only just for one fucking day. And... Um, the fact that there's going to be food and all of that stuff for non-sports fans to still enjoy. Um, and then all the other extra fucking hyping. Like, oh, we need to turn the channel and watch the Puppy Bowl or whatever the fuck it is. Or, oh, oh my, Yeah. Oh, my God. Fucking, <laughs> I do uh, like the Puppy Bowl. That's cute. Yeah. <laughs> fucking Bruno Mars is going to be playing at halftime. He this, this, killed it. He did kill Oh, he's awesome. He he's awesome. killed it. He's awesome. I'm not saying he didn't, but I'm just saying better than Tom Petty. Um, Tom Petty. You know when Tom Petty came out looking like the guy in the nickel? Oh, that, yeah, yeah. The blonde. <laughs> Last dance with Mary. That guy? Yeah, he looked literally. Who's the guy in the nickel? Uh, is that Thomas not, Jefferson or is that uh, of Thomas Jefferson Tom or uh, Tom Petty? Of um, <laughs> uh, Tom Petty. All right. Girlfriend Either. cheating on her diet. Uh, what up, Billy like Redknob? I already don't like this person. Um, why? You don't like that delivery? No, that's actually pretty funny. Girlfriend cheating dot 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 on her on diet. On her diet? That sounds like a gay guy wrote that. <laughs> on her diet. Um, <laughs> Ridiculous. Scandalous. Um, I'm 27 years old and have a girlfriend of six years whom I live with. When we first got together, she had a sexy athletic body. That all changed last year when she got promoted and started working long hours in a high-stress position. Uh, she began smoking weed almost every night, claiming it helped her relax after a hard day's work. Yeah, man. She also started eating <laughs> like shit, lots of, lots of fast food, larger portions, etc. She's probably 60 to 70 pounds heavier than when we first met. And on her 5'3 frame, it fucking shows, man. After ignoring my subtle... That would show on a 6-foot frame. After my, after ignoring my probably subtle, sixty to seventy pounds heavier. After ignoring my subtle hints for the last year, 
I finally sat her down last month and said enough is enough. She needs to make an effort to get healthier. I did everything to support her in losing weight. I paid for an expensive supplement program that her co-workers recommended. I started making her healthy lunches every day to take to work. When she'd get home from work, I'd have a healthy dinner ready for her on the table. I even paid for a new gym membership and bought her a new bicycle. Today, I found a hidden cache of fast food wrappers in the garage. This led me to believe to look at her bank statements from the last month. She's been picking up fast food on her way home from work nearly every day since we talked. This sounds like a Biggest Loser story. Not only that, she'd also buy fast food at lunches sometimes too, suggesting that she was tossing the lunches I made her in the trash. This really pissed me off. I'm a guy who takes care of my body and want a woman who does the same. She's only 24 and hasn't had children. She shouldn't have a beer gut, jowls, and saggy tits. The f- oh, you were so in the pocket. You were so I in the pocket. I want to fucking take your computer and throw it out the goddamn window. <laughs> can you please finish the rest of this so okay. I can go off on this okay. asshole? Please, just finish it because I swear to fucking God. I, mean, I swear to God. I think he's making a lot of good points. He. Oh, my God. <laughs> The fact that I spent... Oh, my God. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, and don't so Don't scream too far, so too close angry. to the computer. I, don't ha- sorry, I can't, sorry, I can't sorry, use sorry, a uh, mixer this week. The fact that I spent all this money and effort on her only to have her sabotage it and hide it from me makes me seriously call our relationship into question. What would you do in my situation? Oh, my God. Nia's taking off her shoes. Oh, my God. You know what? You know what? You hey, shallow... Hey, hey, we have to be quiet. I know. I know. I know. You know what? You shallow... Just bullshit fucking asshole guy who wrote this letter. Let me explain something to you right now. You think you care about her health? You don't care about her health. You certainly don't care about her state of mind. All you care about is whether or not your girlfriend's hot enough. What, for for you, for your friends, for society? You don't give a shit. You said yourself, she's got this job, she's stressed out, and so she's stress eating. That's what a lot of people do, okay? And you're sitting here, you seem like you were well-intentioned, right? But now, it seems like you're just being fucking shallow because you don't care. You don't care about anything that's going on inside of her, physically or, or mentally or emotionally. All you care about is what she looks like. And now you're mad because she's like hiding it from you and you're calling the question of relationship. You've been with her for six years no, and you're going to call into question her relationship, how she feels about you because she's going through something emotional. Why don't you talk to her about how she feels instead of trying to put a band-aid on the problem and making it seem like you care when you obviously don't give a shit, okay? You're a something? shallow, superficial douchebag and she should dump your ass and get hot even hotter than when and she's 24 minutes wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute time up time up time up now how would she go about getting even hotter by losing 60 to 70 pounds no you know what she could get hotter by finding a guy who's making more money and who's nicer and like a just a better so she should become a gold digging fat whore (laughs) no no wait a minute wait a minute now listen listen Here's the deal. Forget her even Time out. Weight. You're being she too hard. I'm going to tell you right now. You're she be- just dump you. No, 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 no. No. Yeah, you're being- you mean she had a better body when she Time was out. a teenager than, Time than out. she was when she started to get into like her Time out. What a surprise. Time out. That's unbelievable. Time out. What happens. Oh, my God. When people get older and have like grown-up responsibilities. That's that's really crazy how that happens. Sir, you, 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 hit, you hit the... You, Listen. And you've got, what, like a six-pack and a full head of hair, and you're just like the hottest guy ever, right? And that's not going to change for you maybe in 10 years? 
if you go through something and you're having a hard time and the person that you supposedly love and cares about you and has been with you for six years Jeez. just decides to, what, toss you aside because you gained some weight? Fuck right. you. Wait a minute. Okay, time out. Can, can I defend this guy a little of bit course, here? Of course, sure. That's what you do. You defend the assholes who write into you. So go ahead. Well, you know, I can't bite the hand that feeds. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm not defending this guy just to defend this guy. Okay, first of all, you're ignoring the fact that this guy, he sat down with her in a nice way. Okay, in a caring way. Nia, to be five foot three and put on 60 to 70 pounds, you're setting yourself up for heart disease and you're going to die. And this guy, and she hasn't even had kids yet. Okay, time out, time out. And she has to go through all of that, which you know, Nia, okay, like that's that's already hard enough as it. She's only 24 years old. You should not be 60 to 70 pounds. Nia, 30 pounds overweight is obese. This girl is is two times on her way to three times at 24. She's blowing out her body, and she's she's never going to be in shape again. And she's going to live a miserable fucking life because a very difficult life because of it. She's going to blow out her knees. I'm telling you, all of this shit is going to come. And this guy, he did not sit down and say, "Hey, you used to be hot, and now you're not." He said, "Time out." No, he isn't. No, he is. Time out. Time out. He sat down with her like an adult and said that basically, I'm concerned about you. Um. You know, we said, I love you. I'm concerned about you. I want to help you get healthier. This guy is making lunches for her. He's paying for a gym. He's doing all of this stuff. And in the end, when he's trying to help her out, and then she's going behind his her his back eating, which she's doing it out of a shame thing. He felt betrayed. And then the anger comes out. And then that's when he says, beer gut jowls and saggy tits. Okay, now this is the thing, Nia. Like it's unnecessary for him to like put it like I, I understand what you're saying. Okay? Well, he has you're to right. because he can't say that to her, and he can't get. He has to get his anger out, or he has to make a fucking joke. He has to do something. And yeah, this guy's also 27 years old. He says he keeps himself in fucking shape, which you know something. That's not fair to your partner. It's not fair to your partner to go out and put on that kind of weight. Okay. If, she's 24 years old though. She can bounce back. It's not like she's 44. She's 24. Okay, like it's, I it's, know it's that. hard to lose that kind of weight, of course, but she can do it. But I'm just saying, like, I'm not, why I can't didn't, he, I like, did, be I more emotional? Say... He's, he's doing all the stuff where you, like, do all, like, the physical stuff, but he seems like he's incapable of being, like, emotionally supportive. That's not What are you talking about? He was. He was in the beginning. He was in the beginning. He did this. What he's doing in the end is he's talking to me, guy to guy. Mm-hmm. She's 24 years old, hasn't even had kids. She shouldn't have a beer gut jowls and saggy tits. You know what? He's coming at her like a football coach. Well, she doesn't need a football coach. He didn't say it to her. He he didn't say it to her. He said it to me. Suggesting she was tossing the lunches I made her in the trash. Yeah. Who knows? She might have just... She's probably eating them both. She's probably eating them both. Right. What would you do in my situation? That helped this fucking guy out. He seems like he's keeping himself in shape. He's He's actually a great boyfriend. If he was a dick, he would have said, I'm breaking up with you because you have a beer gut and jowls. He didn't. He tried to help her with the fucking problem. Guys, problem solve, okay? Help this guy connect with her emotionally. So, I mean, look, she's got this high-stress fucking job, but, like, at some point, you know, you got to settle into the stress of your job or you have to get a new fucking job, but this is what it's doing to you. All right? And, yeah, i got to tell you, 
You get 60 to 70 pounds overweight at 24 fucking years of age. What's going to happen at 34? And yeah, that is a legitimate question. It's a legitimate question because that weight thing is, you know, it starts happening. People die, Nia. Not to bring up a bad I fucking mean, subject. Yeah, you're really like you're kind of like taking it to the extreme, though. I mean, but Nia, if, if you're going to think about being with somebody for the rest of their life, you're going to have kids with this person. They're already this much overweight. They're not going to be be there. They're not going to fucking be there. All right, fine. Maybe I went too far when I was calling him an asshole and all that kind of stuff. Man, I, mean, I, I think you had a normal reaction because. Yeah, of, it's it's his, his it's that anthem. last it's that last thing. You know what I mean? Because you know what you're right. Everything that he says he's doing in terms of making her healthy meals and buying her a bike and the gym membership, that's all well and good. And maybe that's this is the part about men and women that's difficult because yes, you guys try to problem solve. You don't try to connect on an emotional level and say like no, you bury the emotions right and you go to the gym <laughs> exactly where like where it sounds like what she needs she needs to blow off steam and a lot of people do they they eat they drink they smoke weed they do other drugs this is how they cope these are how people cope that's another thing she starts skills. using fucking uh on uh, i can't i mean alcohol is a drug but now she's no, weed, and that increases your hunger for most people like like you wouldn't believe. So, yeah, right. and, well, and you don't want a salad when you're high. You want pizza and cheeseburger and nachos. Let and me ask bullshit. you this, Nia. Let me ask you this. Let's just say you're dating me, all right? Yeah. You know, we've been going out for two years. I'm in great shape, and then all of a sudden, the stress of the road, I put on 60 to 70 pounds and start smoking weed. Now, you're going to tell me that you're not going to entertain breaking up with me. You're not going to sit there and be like, this is going to be the father of my kids. This is the person I'm going to spend my life with. This guy, who's acting like he's in fucking Wayne's World. And uh, Uncle Buck all at the same time. You know what? I honestly can't say that I would. If you all of a sudden, that's all you were doing with yourself... And whenever you weren't on the road, you were just sitting around smoking weed and eating. You know what? You're it full of like... shit. If I came home, imagine my pasty, freckled torso <laughs> with man tits. Right. My fucking navel the size of a half dollar now. Yeah. Smoking weed and just sitting there fucking, you know, that's going to affect my sex drive. And yeah, now I'm getting true. on top of you. Ugh, <laughs> ugh, sweating all right? over me. Yeah. You got to get on top of me. I look like I'm pregnant. I mean, give me a fucking break. Right? And then you're walking down the street and you're seeing all these other guys going to the gym. And, I you're, like... and you're in the prime of your fucking life. Yeah. And you're going to pick a mate for the rest of your fucking life. And I'm already looking like I've worked on Wall Street for 30 fucking years. You're not going to sit there and have any second thoughts. Come on, you. I mean, I might not be as sexually attracted to you. That's for sure. But I wouldn't stop. Can you stop, just tear like, the band-aid off and just say what you're going to say? But I wouldn't be like I need to. I that's the other thing. How would thing you that approach me? How would you? No, approach but listen. This, the I'm thing is, this, this is the problem. This is the problem that I have, especially with this whole letter. The fact that I spent all this money and effort on her, only to have her sabotage it and hide it from me, makes me seriously call our relationship into question. Why does that call your relationship into question? Because she's being deceptive. Yeah, because she's going through some emotional shit, but she's being deceptive about food. It's Listen, not like she's like cheating on. She's like, you know what I mean? I know she is. For him I know to take she it is. to make it to seem like, you know, oh, or do you really not love me now? 
because, you know, you're not following this diet that we agree that you would fall. Like, that's not, that's not a fair comparison to make on somebody. Like, that's not, it's really not fair to do that. No, it's, is it fair to do what she's doing? Well, it's, she's not doing it against, like, against him and as, as a way to hurt him. I know she is. So I, I you know, can't, so I, you I, can't I, say, is it fair for her to be doing that to uh, him? You know, something, not, this, this is this classic, like. but this is this classic fucking female thing where, where you guys are right when you're right. And you're right when you're wrong. Like, you're acting like, you, you know... You think she's doing this to hurt him? Well, why can't she be a little more mature and just be, just say, like, listen, why can't she sit down with him and just level with him and let him know, just say, listen, I got to be honest with you. I know that you care about me. I know that you sat down and you had this, this conversation with me. And I know that I said I was going to do this and this and this. But I'm actually doing that. And I'm actually, you know, not going to the gym and I feel bad that you're wasting your money and all that. And you're taking all this time to make a lunch every morning. How loving is that that he's doing she that? Should, she should do that. Yeah, all right then. She's not 100% free of guilt. The thing about it is, Nia, is that guys are guys and we talk like guys. And guys just get to the fucking heart of the matter. I don't like the fact what he said. He looked at her bank statements from last month. She's been picking up fast food on her way home for like nearly every day. I got to tell you, Nia, that's a chick thing to do. Go through somebody's email and snoop. He's snoop. It is. It's snoop. And now you like now you don't like that. Now what if a woman did? You probably would like, like it. No, I don't. I she, hate when she people, had a hunch. No, I don't like because when people check self. I have friends who check, and I don't. I don't think it's smart to do. I think it's ridiculous. And also, it's like don't look because you oh. more than likely going to see something that you don't want. Well, to I'll say. be checking your emails later on today. <laughs> um, I have nothing to hide. All right, you can check so, all my emails. All right, so what what should he do in this situation? <sighs> Well, first of all, I should probably apologize for saying fuck you and calling you an asshole. Um, but yeah, you should just have sit down and have a talk with her and just say, I'm concerned about you and what's what's going on with you emotionally. Like, tell me now, what's going on. How does he deal with... Maybe when, we can like when, go for a walk after work and you can tell me about your day. When he you brings know? up... When he brings up the fact that he snooped and looked at her bank statements. He does not need to do that. Well, let's Don't just do that. let's just say he does. Because at this point now, his girlfriend can she's going to freak out. And she can get a lot of weight behind those punches now. <laughs> You're such a dick. Um, no, he should just say, I'm... I'm 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 worried about you because I feel like you're you're going through some stuff and I tried to help you but maybe it's not enough. Do you want to talk to me? Do you want to talk to somebody else? How do you how are you feeling? Cuz she probably feels now shitty what, about now, herself. Now she what? probably feels terrible about now what herself. If she goes, She's gained that much weight. None of her clothes fit anymore. She knows how she looks. She probably feels absolutely terrible, and her one solace in or, life is that she's got this boyfriend who's home and he cares about her and he loves her. And she's abusive. That's she's, not a you don't she, throw that she, word she's, around. She's take, Bill. That's she's a take, strong word. She's take, don't, she's, don't do that. She's taking advantage of him. She's Stop taking it. advantage of Stop it. it. She's taking advantage of their love. She's not. You're making it that's why I don't that's why I'm trying also, to get but you to you, understand. But you're also, she's not trying to hurt him by doing this. She's hurting herself. You don't know her. You don't know her. I, and you don't know him. Exactly. So why are you right and I'm wrong? I'm not I'm not saying I'm right. I'm giving you my opinion. Isn't that why I'm here? You really have a beautiful profile, you know that? Um, don't try to throw me no, off. No, seriously. Anyway, appreciate that. But don't try to throw me off. All right. That was a legitimate thought, but I was trying to throw you off a little bit. <laughs> no, listen. If um, 
I just said, you know, the fuck I was going to say. No, 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 about 25 pounds heavier, I understand. Still look good, though. You liked me when I was a little bit heavier. Yeah, I don't, say. I don't mind. I don't you mind. said you liked it when I was a little bit thicker. So listen, mm-hmm. I under, I under, it does show. It, it shows like nobody's business. You are right, sir. It, it shows. Um, and right, it does and suck guys, to have your formerly tight, hot body girlfriend all of a sudden not be that way. I know. Life. And if, I, she, looks, it, if she looks like she's a retired athlete in her 50s at 24, <laughs> I mean, what is he supposed to do? He is 27. So what, so he is still at that shallow age where he's like, you know, calling into question his relationship based on your partner's weight gain? No, that's That's, that's the level of maturity he's at? Nia, that's the, Nia, listen, that's a very serious fucking thing. To be that that overweight at that age, I mean, if you do that to your body and you stay that way for twenty years, I mean, it's you, your body can only take that for so long. And when you're thinking about starting a family with somebody, they have to be around. They got to be involved. They can't be over in the corner, you know, with no energy, lethargic, and and and, and then having on top of that all kinds of fucking health. That's another thing too, yeah. You're not going to be able to get fucking health insurance. I mean, what she's doing is really is affecting both of them. I'm not trying to be a dick here, but like... They're not even engaged, though. This is just his girlfriend. That's how you get her to lose weight. You should propose. <laughs> She'll lose weight with the quickness. Trust me. I know. Yeah, but then once they get married, she's going to go right back to the Doritos. Um, well, then that just, that just means that there is a, a significant emotional thing that needs to be addressed. So all that stuff that you did while you got her um, this great bike and a gym membership and all that stuff to support, first of all, that should, that should tell you that a person is only going to change their lifestyle if they want to. Number one, that's the first lesson. That's with drugs or food or anything. Number two, that, that means you need to go deeper than just the kind of like, these are the things I that got you do to get healthy. I got the answer that right here. That means you're either talking or you're suggesting therapy or you go to therapy to talk to talk about it or something. She probably needs to. If she's got like some sort of like eating I have the answer. Food addiction or something. I got the answer. She's probably just fucking depressed. And he when you're needs, depressed, you smoke weed and you gain weight. Like she's depressed. He needs she's stressed out. He needs to sit down and decide if it's worth it. If this is does he love this person enough to ride through this fucking storm? If if you're not, if you don't feel that way, then you should just walk, okay? And then breaking her heart is better than marrying her when you don't love her. So just if break her heart, the stress of that, and the sadness of that, she won't even be able to eat that big king every day, and she'll probably drop like fifteen. Is he is he stopped loving her? Because I don't know. if that's the case. Then he's, call, I, he's calling their relationship into question. So and I, that's I, what I, I have a problem I don't, with. I don't know why. Because he's being honest. Why can't you fucking be honest? Why can't guys be these, these who we are? We we are visually 
you know what I love about women is you you fucking want to use that shit where visually attractive gets you a fucking drink or or gets you gets you out of some shit. What do you mean? Ugh. Like that doesn't fucking work. You want to use it when it works for you, and then you you want to you want to use that weakness when it's to your fucking advantage, and then when it's the other way, you want us to be these fucking understanding goddamn people. You want us to be guys when it gets you a free fucking drink. We want we want guys to love us whether we're like the hot body or we gain some weight. That's what we want. We want to not. Yeah, even, you want your cake we, and eat no, it. We literally. Want, no, we want to. We want, <laughs> we want to not be. We want to live in a world where we don't have to even fucking have this conversation. That's exactly. what we want. Yeah, okay? I want to be rude and fat. And 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 no, selfish that's you. That's and you guys. shop actually and do whatever guys, I want to do, you and guys I want are you to already still rude and fat and disgusting and ridiculous. And you get to do that, but women can't do that. As you interrupt me, I'm rude. We have to be like the hot body, otherwise you call our relationship into question. Oh, so this one guy is everybody now. He's not everybody, but we're just we're talking about just a general uh, you know scope what? of you're thing. So, you're so, you just you just so said women shit. like to do this and women like to do that. Like it's all women. That's what yeah. I do. That's what I do. Yeah, but I'm a moron. You're supposed to be a higher being. You're a female. We are higher beings. You're not. Trust us. You're not. We you're are just as dumb as we are, just no. in different areas. No. You don't think so? No. Being a being an emotional person makes you tuned into things that you, as a male, with your basic fucking. <laughs> basicness can't understand so we already are high and we can like carry children we've got some spiritual level shit that you'll never understand exactly and you know what we also have we have some plow through some shit that you don't understand that you don't understand don't you think you need plow through some shit and and emotional shit finish a fucking thought no can't you have can't you be a plow through shit and an emotional you need both of those things don't you think yeah it's called the yin and the yang but for some reason you think your yang is better than my yin and that's the fucking problem. And there's 50,000 shows on fucking TV. As much as you ladies complain about the images on TV, there's a zillion fucking things on TV that are telling you that you guys are right and guys are morons. Start with 90% of the fucking advertising when they show a man and a fucking woman in a relationship. Like that ridiculous one from a few years ago that I'll never fucking believe that they were actually... Where she's sitting at the computer and the guy's outside finds a beehive and literally sticks a broom handle up into the fucking thing mm-hmm. and is getting stung by bees because he's a dumb guy and she has to sit down and handle the family business at the fucking computer. Okay? Please do the female, the chauvinistic version of that fucking commercial. What do you mean, do the chauvinistic version of that? When the, when the, have woman, the, guy, when the woman's done? Have the guy figuring out the family business on a fucking computer is she sitting there looking through a fashion magazine? Or, or, or that's, not, that's not even at the same level of ridiculousness. What is the female version of sticking a broom handle into a fucking beehive? They're assuming that the woman is, is taking care of like the day-to-day run-the-household stuff, that the man and is too busy to, working to no, figure he isn't, out. No, he isn't, no. Go trying with the to, metaphor. So they're trying to appeal to a woman's sensibility so that she'll like the product. And no. then she'll buy it. That's, and what about, that's all like what, what about it's the all metaphor? marketing. No, it it's not like what, what about the metaphor that's going on there? That he's such a moron, he's trying to stick his fucking pole into any goddamn hole he can find. <laughs> that's not knowing not knowing he can get stung at any moment. Yeah. What's him getting herpes? Uh, dear Billy Bounce, what music are you listening to these days? What's on your iPod? What's the lovely Nia listening to? What do you listen to when you work out that chiseled <laughs> Lee Marvin body? Um, it's as old as Lee Marvin's party. <laughs> um, 
What am I listening to these days? I don't fucking know. What am I usually listen to shit that makes me want to play drums uh, or learn some drum shit. So I, I have no idea what's last night when we actually watched. We were watching Comedy Central because we were we were uh, their website. We were jet lagged. Yeah, I couldn't sleep. And when I watched Key and Peel, mm-hmm. and I watched The Workaholics, mm-hmm. and uh, Broad City, is that what mm-hmm. it is? Yeah. When I watched it, all that did was make me feel fucking old. <laughs> <laughs> it made me feel fucking old. Like, uh, I mean, no, I, let me go back a second. They're all fucking hilarious. Like, I was legitimately laugh, laughing through all of that, right? Yeah. Okay. But I didn't get I didn't get so much of the shit. Not like I didn't get it. Like, what was that thing? That Hannibal Burris thing that he said? I didn't even get it. Oh, yeah. He was talking about Childish Gambino, Donald Glover. It was this interview with Nerve.com that Hannibal Burris did. It was like we asked Hannibal Burris for sex advice. And in the end, they were asking him if he would want to do like a mixtape and if he raps and this and that. He's like, yeah, I thought about it, but I'm not going to, you know, go full like Childish Gambino and this and that and the other. And then he made a reference to like, you know, oh, we figured out like Childish Gambino is really like Bill Burr and da 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 Or like when he does stand up, it's Bill Burr. Long... And you just could not understand. I was like. No matter is... how many times I tried to explain to I you. I was he making fun of me? <laughs> is, that a, is that a compliment? I didn't even that get I Donald knew he wasn't. Gl- that Donald Glover. Is also childish Gambino. You just didn't. You didn't seem to. And to the whole time that. I heard Donald Glover, all I was picturing was Danny Glover. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then it's Donald Glover. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. And then uh, the Kroll Show. Jesus Christ. Oh my god. Everything on the Kroll Show oh is god. hilarious. I mean, go on. What am I listening to? Since they were asking, what oh, is the lovely Nia listening to? Um, I actually downloaded Sam Smith's album. Um, based on his performance when Louis C.K. did SNL. Actually, it was re- another recent appearance that uh, Louis did. It wasn't the first time around. Um, so Sam Smith is awesome, just has a beautiful voice. I've actually been making a lot of mixes of like old stuff, a lot of old hip-hop I've been listening to, a lot of like, 90s. What I makes love hip-hop, hip-hop hip-hop? What makes hip-hop hip-hop? Um, but I love, I love um, what's the, like, the latest, like maybe um, Pusha T's album? Is like is something that I listen to oh, a he's lot. Phenomenal. <laughs> I have no idea who. Uh, I, I, I played. I played it for you. You you liked a couple of his his verses, but overall, I don't think you were into it because you're not really into hip like rap music right now, right? Uh, Would you say? I you know I I I can't get I can't listen to if you're gonna fucking walk around your house or your apartment talking about all the stuff that you have in there. Mm-hmm. It's just boring as shit to me. Um, I like storytellers. I will never, like, those those guys that tell stories, you know, about guns and selling drugs, if it's actually real, mm-hmm. it sounds real, like they actually did. That's why I love Jay-Z and Biggie, because they actually did that shit, yes. and then they talked about it, and it was like... Nas is this, like that, It was too. like listening to a movie. Yeah, Nas is like that, too, I like right? that stuff. Um, you know, but you don't like you Kanye don't like West. Kanye. I don't. Kanye I like, West. I like is just, Kanye. Kanye West is so far up his own ass. <laughs> I, it's just like that is true. Yeah, I never heard of like who walks around calling himself a genius. <laughs> who does that? I mean, there's like 
Right there, you're not a genius. <laughs> you're an idiot. Like I don't, and I don't understand what it, I hate when he also stretches out the words. It's like, what are you trying to dumb it down for me? You either don't have enough material for this fucking song to finish oh, it. Oh, it's a style. It's like, uh, you know, what do you call it? Is that your Kanye West impression? (laughs) Whatever that 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 fucking that one that I listened to because I like. Oh my god! Talk about being apropos. Mm. It's I believe it's called N words in Paris. Yes. Um, N words in Paris. uh, Yeah, there's a part in the middle where he stretches out the like Jay Z kills it, and then he comes on. And he starts... Yeah, can we get married at the mall? Oh. <laughs> and then it's time to do it. Oh. And it just keeps going and going and going. Like, And I just feel it's like... It's me while you deserve to have it all. Yeah, and it stinks. It's not clever. And he's slowing it down like I'm supposed to be on the other end. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever. I'm, I'm sure a zillion Kanye fans oh, and Saint, can't be wrong. Saint the Vincent. man is a genius. St. Vincent. Is another one that I'm listening to. I guess the most contemporary thing I've listened to in the past couple of years is probably Mute Math, and that's only because Andrew, who does the podcast, told me to check them out because their drum is fucking awesome. Andrew Themlis has wonderful taste in music. Can we just say that on the podcast? I guess we can't say that. All right, we've got to wrap Hi, this Andrew. up. Because we got to go look at that arrogant broad down in the building. <laughs> <laughs> Mona Lisa. Um, oh, before I end, i got to uh, just... Unbelievable sad day in comedy yesterday. The great John Panette uh, passed away. And I got to tell you, I got to tell you a great John Panette story. He was just an unbelievable guy. I only, I only got to met, meet him a handful of times, but he's one of those guys. You met him the first time. It's like you knew him, you know, like cliche, like you knew him forever. First time I ever saw him, I had already, all I had heard was the, the legend of John Panette, where basically he started doing comedy and like within six months was headlining. Because he had, he didn't have the material yet. Because he'd only been doing it six months. But his charisma and how hard he was killing, and he was just such a natural. That where in Boston, where it was just such, it was like headlining was so solidified. Like you, you, like we always said, by the time we came around, you had to leave Boston to headline Boston, because the the Boston comedy gods weren't leaving, and you weren't going to get funnier than them. So you had to go out and get TV credits to just do a headlining set at the fucking Comedy Vault. Uh, but John Panette was so funny, he plowed through all of that in six months. So the first time I see the guy, after hearing the legend of the guy, I'm at Nick's Comedy Stop uh, on Kevin Knox's show. And this was after the stand-up boom ended, the 80s ended, in the early 90s when I started out. So And they didn't learn how to promote a club because they never had to because people just went to comedy clubs. So now for the first time ever, they had to learn how to promote it. And they were still learning. So long story short, it was a Tuesday night at Nick's. It was maybe 28 people in the crowd. And John Panette comes in and just says, hey, can I get up and do some time? And they put him on, and I watched him. And he did 12 minutes. And he made those 28 people, it sounded like a fucking jet was landing. He had them dying laughing, and he got a standing ovation. Hmm. Like he had done like a 90-minute blistering set, just doing 12 minutes. Just at, and it was one of those things I had never seen anybody get a standing ovation, but I knew at the end they were going to stand up. And I remember he just he just went ah, and he just kind of like sit down, sit down. I just remember going like, what the fuck was that? 
And um, fortunately, I never had to try to follow him. I did one show with him. Um, I can't even remember where the hell we were. It was me, him, Kathleen Madigan. It was just a fucking great lineup of people. And like he closed it. And Jesus Christ. He was one of those guys that, it was, and it's that Boston style. It's like, I got you and I'm not letting you go. Hmm. And I'm not letting you get up. And like nobody was the epitome of that. So, gonna miss you, buddy. And that's it. That's the podcast for this week. 